Wonderfully Weird Podcast. Here's your host, KC Hunter. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wonderfully Weird Podcast. I am KC Hunter, writer, programmer, uh, entrepreneur, blah, 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 all kinds of things that I'm working at as hobbies. Um, and this is the sixth episode, uh, From Dom to Salon, and I'll explain why that's the title in a little bit. Uh, but first, uh, just a little catch up for people who are onto this because of the kind of cold books. Yes, uh, The Deception of Sarah from Asylum came out last week, soft launch. I uh, did take a week off from writing, uh, but we're back to it starting today, um, trying to get 2,000 to 5,000 words a day in. Um, I already know what part three of well, you guys <laughs> For those of you who are fans of Kind of Cold, uh, I, I had a, a breakthrough this last week while I was thinking about the third, what's going to happen in the third book. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be really good. So if you enjoyed the series, if you're liking the series, check that out. I've also um, went into uh, getting the audio version of the book done. Now, audio books are you know they're the big thing right now and it does help you get some visibility because there are a lot of people who uh, don't like to read and they'll you know read a book or even on kindle or whatever but they'll if you get they'll get the audiobook version of it and listen to the story which you know cool um there's and we'll get into this at a future time because it is a very interesting topic and it is a very serious topic actually uh but they there's a uh, program called acx that you can use to, it's basically for indie audiobook publishing. It's run by Amazon. Um, you can, you don't have to really come out of pocket to get it done. Uh, there's a lot of uh, revenue sharing. So basically you can get a, a narrator to narrate your book uh, and you'll just split the profits from whatever sales come of the audiobook. So that's always pretty cool. Um, the downside of it though is that you're locked into a seven year contract that you cannot take that anywhere else. Besides uh, where they, uh, well, you know, besides Audible, basically, and that's ugh, it's a bit seven years is a long time. So, uh, and there's a lot of thoughts about that amongst the indie community. It's pretty, uh, it's a it's a podcast for a different time for a different interview. Uh, what I also found kind of weird this week was um, I enjoy the intellectual dark web. For those of you who don't know, the intellectual dark web is some thing. It, the name came from like some journalist in the New York Times, basically to describe this group that has sprung up over the last couple of years of like the uh, the Jordan Petersons and the Joe Rogans and the Ben Shapiro's. Sam Harris apparently is is part of it too. Like they just kind of like lumped, they were lumped in there, and the and the people in the group they kind of accepted it. Although it was kind of funny watching them accept it because Joe Rogan's just like, I guess we have a name now or whatever, you know. The, and a lot of this came from the Joe Rogan podcast. And essentially what it is, it's a bunch of different people from, you know, different social and political beliefs. You know, Ben Shapiro's a big, you know, Jewish Republican. Uh, you know, of course, they're on the opposite side, but supposedly in the same group is Joe Rogan, who's, this, you know, a fairly, you know, who's liberal about everything except for guns and self-defense. And uh, he's, he wants everybody to be on psychedelics in the smoke pot. He's smoking pot on air, on live, uh, on a live stream with Elon Musk. And they're in the same, lumped into the same group. And, you're, you know, if you're not familiar with this, you're probably going, what? what? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the point of the, what I take the point of this group of people in the intellectual dark web, they're basically people who kind of think like I do, who like, 
yeah, okay, just because, you know, you're Republican and I'm Democrat or I'm Democrat and you're whatever it is, I don't have to hate you and call you a Nazi or call you a, a cuck or some stupid, whatever it is, anti-American, uh, you know, oh, you're a crazy left-wing loon and you're you're alt-right, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to go and do all that stuff. We can actually discuss ideas. The, the idea is that you come into a discussion or a debate and you respect the fact that the other person's views are valid for them. And then you're going to discuss why you don't agree with those views. And you have a discussion about a topic or an issue, which is what personally I think is a cool thing. I think that's the way it should be done. However, it seems like there's, I, I was looking up articles for, to, you know, cover something on the podcast and there's just, you know, the truth of the matter is that, you know, a bunch of the, the news media and the bloggers, it's, it leans a particular direction politically. And those people really, really do not like the intellectual dark web because they just kind of try to lump them all in with, with alt-right people. That's basically what that what I saw from the articles I, I read. And somebody was trying to say, well, is logic and reasoning really what you should have in the debate? I'm just like, <laughs> wow. And somebody called Sam Harris a Nazi and everything else. And I was like, you're proving exactly their point. This is exactly what they, this is exactly what they're railing against. People like you, but you're trying to. Whew, wow. Um, but it's just, it's that's, I just find it weird that, you know, the desire for people from different political beliefs to be able to debate without being contentious and still be friendly about it, kind of the way we all used to do before like 20 years ago. And I have, I just did another interview with uh, Jack Gilden, and we were talking about this too how, like, back in the day, like on Sundays for football, you know, if you doesn't matter if you were Democrat or Republican or whatever, we were all you were all Colts fans. You know, come Sunday, and it was a time where you could kind of put that aside and get along and, and have a good time and, and, and agree and debate, or you could talk to your neighbor over the fence. You know, your neighbor was a Democrat and you were a Republican, and they you know take jabs at each other, but playful jabs. You know, it's not so anymore. Now it's like people want blood, and I think the intellectual the point of the intellectual dark web is to be like, well, we don't really need to go that extreme with it we have some very serious issues and let's discuss them and let's have some respect for that other people don't think like you do and maybe we can you know learn something i just think the whole point of the intellectual dark web is completely against you know the name calling that's what i basically take it that you can have a political debate without having to call the other person a godless baby killer or or calling the other person uh you know some alt-right fascist Nazi and just immediately going, jumping to that, you know, anytime you encounter somebody who has an opposite political belief of yours that, Hey, maybe we can discuss, well, why do you think that way? Well, this is why I think that way. And maybe I don't know something and maybe you don't know something. And maybe if we have a discussion about it, we can actually come to some sort of conclusion to come live in harmony. I don't think though that the current, the, the majority of the rest of the political climate today wants to do that. I don't think they want to live in harmony. They want to be right. And they want to force out anybody who does not see things their way. That's the way it is right now. It is just a weird thing. I, I'll put it to you this way. My political beliefs, which I don't, I don't really have a set doctrine or ideology. I, I abhor the idea of ideology anyway. I was like, you know, your opinion should be based off of your life experience, not what somebody else tells you to think about things. But I absolutely think that um, I, I I can't be Republican or Democrat. I used to be that. I was a solidly Democrat in, up until my twenties. But it's today. It's kind of like asking me whether or not I want to have mania or depression. 
Uh, do you want to take a take a bath in 300 degree boiling water or do you want to th- take a bath in a sheet of ice? I don't want to do either. <laughs> I kind of want to be in the middle, like water, like fluid. If it gets a little too hot, you can cool it down. If it gets a little, a little too cold, you can warm it up a little bit. That's kind of where I want to be at because that's fun. It's fun to be in water like that. I don't really want to be in boiling water or in uh, ice block. I don't. So I don't know. It's just really weird. That's just a weird thing. Um, other thing, the last thing I want to talk about is I saw the Dark Phoenix this week. Uh, that's going to, I might do next week as a movie review week. Because I got a lot to say about Dark Phoenix. So let me just say, for this short introduction, it's a weird movie because it's it, there's a lot of weird things that happen in that movie beneath the surface of the film. The film's not really good. It's got a lot of holes in it. It looks like it's not really cohesive and there's not really much that happens that we didn't see in that X-Men 3 movie that everybody roundly thinks is the worst of the lot or one of the worst of the lot. I think Dark Phoenix is down there at the bottom with it. Which one is worse? I guess time over time we'll be able to decide that. But it's a weird situation with Fox and then this being an X-Men movie and everybody knowing it's the last one at Fox and that it's going to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Marvel's going to reboot it. And hopefully do it the right way. Because um, <laughs> Fox is... It's not like the, all the... I mean, half of the X-Men movies at Fox have been great. And then the other half have been terrible. It's just like there's no... Again, another one of those case of extremes. It's like it's either... You either get Days of Future Past or you get Wolverine Origins. <laughs> it's no in-between with the X-Men movies. So, you know, it is what it is. But <sighs> I like weird stuff. Because it always makes me think about things. Speaking of thinking about things and weird stuff, our interview this week is with Donna Sudweeks. Uh, she is a salon owner, but her path to get to that salon is a very interesting one because she used to be a dominatrix, uh, which is hence the title of this podcast episode, From Dom to Salon. So here is our interview with Donna Sudweeks. Hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you guys for more weird commentary here on The Wonderfully Weird. What's going on, everybody? We are here out in the middle. Where are we at? We're in Harford County. We're in Harford County, Maryland, out here in Joppa. Five minutes from the Baltimore County line. Ah, and we are here at... St. Salon. Which is, who is, which is run by, I'm just leading you into these. Oh, I guess I'm Donna Sudweeks. Yes. Now, I'm Donna Sudweeks now. Now she's Donna, <laughs> yes, because you, you recently, how long have you been married? Um, I've been married for going on three years in June. Jeez Louise. Man, time just goes by. I remember the old days. <laughs> Young Donna, she was innocent and Young, free. Young Donna was pretty amazing. Sometimes I wish that I can bring her places with me mm. because I, I feel like nobody believes half the stuff that me and you and everybody else used to do. Oh, yeah. That's that's a future podcast, too. I got to talk about the, uh, the 90s and the 2000s. An interesting time. But yeah, like... People now, well, I find that people now, they don't really do anything interesting for their Instagram. Besides take photos, I was talking about this earlier, besides take photos of themselves doing nothing, but we did some stuff. Yeah. We probably are happy that we didn't have the chance to take photos back then. To some extent, but, uh, you know, we have the cumulative knowledge of mankind in our pockets, and most of us use it to take selfies. But... That being said, to probably explain to the listeners right now, uh, we are at Donna's Hair Salon. Uh, you will hear, of course, background music because we are in the middle of the day, and this place is pretty awesome looking, I have to say. 
Um, there's a big deer head on the wall. There's, I, I'm assuming a lot of this is reclaimed wood that you have here? Yeah, my husband, he owns a handyman construction company, and he literally built everything that you see in here that's made of wood. So this is all handcrafted, designed specifically for uh, for whatever purposes that you need. <laughs> yes. And see, that's the benefit of getting married, though. So you, if you have somebody who has talent, that's less money out of your pocket. I don't think I could have married somebody without talent. Is it, is it, now, it's really, are there people without? I think everybody has some talent. They might not use it or cultivate it. But Yeah, I, it's are, like, I feel like if you're a creative and you don't marry somebody that's not a creative, it could pose problems. So I made sure that he had talents. You made sure he had. Did you enforce his talents? Hmm. I scoped him out for a while. I was like, I didn't stalk. I was just doing some serious um, investigations uh, on his talents. Nice. And uh, you guys have a young one now? Yeah, he's going to be two. Oh, congratulations. He's pretty rad. So he, he's, coming, he's coming up the right way. He's going to be just... A, I can only imagine the, the offspring of Donna. <laughs> he might wind up being an accountant just to rebel. I hope he's Dr. I hope he's Dr. Bryson because um, and a plastic surgeon. Ah, why? Because when I'm 60 years old, I'm going to look like that cat woman. I'm going to oh. be beautiful. <laughs> I swear. Yeah, well, yeah, that is possible. That is possible. Um, having doctors in the family is always good. Uh, so tell me about this little the, the journey we got to, to here because uh, it's been many, many moons since we've even seen each other. Um, I think we've... I, I followed your career and I think we followed each other on Facebook because we've been yeah. friends on Facebook forever. So I'll see something like Once in a Blue Moon like, oh, Donna's doing something. She's got a salon now. <laughs> yeah, like, that's how it kind of works with me. Um, I can talk about this for years, and you probably don't have that much time with me. Years is a long time. Year, but yes. basically, um, in, I've been posting this more kind of amping up for the interview, so people aren't like totally shocked. But I was a professional dominatrix for 10 years, and I ended up getting married and having a baby, and that's why I have a salon now. Oh, that is a good condensed version. Like, <laughs> that is a very okay. condensed version. I skipped a lot of things along the way. I actually had a fetish film company, and um, I ran a dungeon. I owned a dungeon. Um, so it's more than that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little more than that. Yeah, as you were knee-deep into into the scene, uh, I, I'm not as familiar with all the terms, if it's the fet scene or the... the yeah, I'm not familiar with the terms either. <laughs> I just kind of played in my own lane. Yeah, so it's like, I'll just invent my own, my own little avenue here, which is... Which is pretty interesting, and that's why we're, you know this podcast is called the Wonderfully Weird, and there's wonderfully weird things. It's like from Dom to Salon, which is, might be might up being the title of this podcast, from Dom to Salon. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dom but, the Salon. You should use it like that. That's fine. Yeah, I'm was, fine with it. Was that the was the Salon uh, something that you always wanted to do, or is it something that you you went okay? I've come as far as I want to come in this career so I'm going to do a career change because I'm doing family life now and I want to go towards a salon or was it just happen chance I ended up I got my license in 2003 2004 doing hair and I was trained under probably all the top people in like the Maryland DC area you know um, some hairstylists, if they're listening, they might say, yeah, right, whatever. But I find that um, I had a natural talent with hair, and it came very easily to me. So I ended up working at a top salon in Baltimore on the water. And during that time, like anything in my life, 
I met my best friend who introduced me to professional domination. And I seriously just, I just ran with it. You know, we were friends for two years. I did my first session with her and she's like, Hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, why not? Like, why wouldn't I want to? So it was kind of like weird that transition from doing hair to being a dominatrix. But you know, I, I took the jump and the leap because I figured like, you know, Hey, I'm in my like late twenties and when would I ever have this opportunity right. to do something that's so off beaten path? And it's not like I was a sexual deviant. I was just very creative and I was willing to do things that were very taboo and interesting just for A, the experience and B, um, I don't judge anything or anyone. So I was able to help people and I was able to create just art within that realm. Right. As a hairstylist, and this is something I struggle with today, and I'll just lay it out here. There are a thousand hairstylists. Like, you can go to a restaurant and probably spit on five in a room. Mm -hmm. And I find that the community, even though hair is just like, oh my gosh, we can all do this. Yay, hairstyles. The only people that are talking that shit are the people selling you hair classes, hair videos, buy something from me. Let's all pretend like this industry is so loving and kind. Right. But if you're not selling people shit and people aren't really following you, it is really, really cold. Like I find that in the adult industry, believe it or not, the women band together. Right. Everybody is kind of like cheering each other at one because we're like these misfits and outcasts, mm -hmm. right? In the vanilla world with hairstylists, it's like, you know, it's ruthless, man. And I'm a tough, I'm a tough girl, and I feel <laughs> outcast. And I'm like, well, fine. I guess I can't go to your normal tea party. Oh, oh, so there are normal tea parties for hairstylists that they, I, I imagine <laughs> a bunch of people with very, very well puffed hair, wearing very elegant clothes. Sipping tea and then behind turned hands. Oh, she's just, oh my God! Can you believe her? Oh my God. Pretty oh, much. Oh. It's more like you have the affliction wearing hairstylist still with like bedazzled gems on their shirt, or B, you have like the hipster hairstylist oh, yes. that like I don't know if I'm cool enough to chill with them. I don't. I don't really know where I belong in this industry. It kind of messes with me because I knew where I belong in the domination world, mm. and now I'm just like. Hey guys, be my friend, and I don't know how to make hair friends. Oh, well, it's forging your own, your own, as you obviously do very well, forging your own path, and maybe it's more about being somebody who draws people in instead of going to them. People will probably come to you in time because of what you've done. Because again, your path is very unique. It's very, it's very different. It's a. Uh, it's it's inspiring to people who want to do their own thing and, and kind of feel like that. Like, I don't really fit in in this industry, or I don't fit in here, and maybe I fit in more here than there, but I want to do this. Yeah. So I, I, think that's, I think that's a strong thing to do, To even with all those issues, to still go ahead and forge forward and do what you want to do. And that's kind of what I've done. Like, I wanted to create a culture. I wanted to create... Um, I wanted to create something for people that didn't necessarily fit in around like society's norms, you know. If that makes sense. Yeah, and it's a and it's in a unique way because there's a lot. This is my personal observation. Please, there's a lot of people who claim to want to be the, to be the outcast because being an oh outcast, gosh, being an outcast now is the is the the thing to do. You want to be that. It's you. You want to find some way in which you're different, but most of the time it's not authentic. It's trying yeah. to be different for the sake of being different because you think that's how you stand out. And instead of just being true and unique to yourself, whereas 
somebody like yourself who's just being unique, true to yourself and just doing what she wants to do because you have an interest in it is a totally different thing. I than hate it. Being I hister. hate it. I want to be so like what people think is normal. I, I desperately want to. Like, I even try to stage those photos that are really popular on Instagram, which is, this This is something that's been bugging me out lately, and I've actually had to sit at nighttime, like, when the baby goes to bed and talk to my husband and just be like, I don't know how to be cool. Like, because it's just like, there's these, like, photos where people, like, it's like I look at a book, and I'm, like, smiling at, up at this, like, my ceiling, you know, where my fan would be. Like, my face is just up, and I'm smiling. And I write this, like, three-paragraph quote about you know what, guys, today's a beautiful day, and you can have a beautiful day, too. And this is what I realized, and, like, these people, like, they're getting thousands of likes when they're just saying, like, basic shit that, like, you know, like, that just, well, yeah, duh, you know? And I remember the old me that would get 100,000 impressions on a photo of me just, like, doing my Dom stuff. Like, I would look on Twitter, and, like, 100,000 people would look at my stupid photo, Mm -hmm. And it was just me being like, you know, maybe not even wearing makeup. And I'm like, yo, I just had this like really cool cookie today. And 100,000 people looked at that stupid picture of me eating a cookie. And like, I'll make this beautiful hair photo. And I'm lucky to get like a couple likes and a comment, you know. It just, it it messes with my head, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's something to reaffirmation, I guess. It just, some of those more mundane tweets or, or Instagram posts that's just, basically saying it's saying nothing really but it's saying enough for people to go yeah i i I agree with that so i'll like it but something more creative it's out of their realm they really might not understand it be my doctor this is therapeutic for me today i need somebody to explain (laughs) this shit to me because i don't fucking understand i have no clue and like to get back to your original question and you can kind of see how my brain works is that it's hard being different it is is very very hard Knowing that you're different, being different. And I see people out there pretending to be different. I'm like, you don't want that shit because it'll mess with you. Like, you know, like you never feel like you really have a place. Like, that's why I built my salon, because if I step foot into another salon Mm -hmm. with another owner and their vibe, I'm going to fucking I'm going to destroy their (laughs) vibe because I'm such a strong personality type. And it's like I don't like I'm not like. In a negative energy like I'm always happy I'm always like positive and like let's have fun and I just don't wedge well like I'm something that people have to like like I'm this big you know just like Bleh! in the middle and people <laughs> have to form around me if I try to form around people I could play the game but I might be whispering weird shit to people in the corner like like hey remember when I like used to like beat that guy's face oh yeah <laughs> and then the boss will walk by like here I could just like the wild wild west. It's professional wild wild west. Professional it's like wild, wild Westworld. Wild. It's like Westworld. Nice. It's controlled weirdness. A controlled chaos. Yeah. That is that is a good thing. Well, I don't think. See, what you are describing to me it sounds more like uh, a leadership thing, okay, as opposed to a following thing. <laughs> good, good. Because I like this. yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of what it is. Because uh, there are, even though everybody thinks there should be king of the world, or whatever, there aren't that many people who do that that's just the the nature of everything there are there there are trees that are taller there are trees that are whatever every aspect of existence there's you know hierarchies everything we don't like that word anymore but there there is there are leaders and there are followers there's some people who have have that and some people who don't some people don't even want that some people don't want to lead they don't want to be unique they want to be like i just no i just want to go along i go along so I mean, that's, again, what it sounds like to me, what you're saying, is that you're 
beneath all that, I'm just hearing I'm a leader. I'm kind of a, a force of my own, and I really can't conform. And you, I mean, everything you're saying, I can't conform to somebody else's Thank vibe because I kind of screw it up. A douchebag would just come out and say, "I'm a freaking leader." Look, I'm not trying to cuss on here because yeah. I just want to. Well, drop you can. It's, it's a it's an adult podcast. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> it's like, but there's people like I'm a fucking leader. I'm a fucking goddamn leader. And I fucking lead my people. Like I don't even want to say that word because I'm so just kind of like I want to help people create art i feel like if you tell people what you constantly are you're probably not that you're trying to emulate what you're trying to strive to Mm -hmm. be and my thing is is that i just want to create art with people that like to create art too and i want to teach people that seek to be taught and i will tell them everything i know because i want to help them because if somebody didn't years ago reach out to me like my best friend that got me into domination if she didn't like pull me aside and be like hey man you can have this better life like are you interested i might have stopped even doing hair because i just couldn't take the pressure of trying to like fit in with everybody else it's just like this weird evolution i got to where i needed to be with hair because i did domination and that taught me leadership skills in like a really perverted way in a, in a sense and now i'm able to take everything that i learned from there and apply it to my salon nice so lexi lexi sindel is that, yes. that was her name uh so you said you learned a lot from her so um beyond just the the fetish scene is, is are there any other things that you kind of picked up from her or with the people around her everything or? i have lexi look there's lexi sindel tattooed on my so. leg right <laughs> lexi sindel with the banner that says money right right she, Lexi Sindel, is probably, not only is she my best friend, my sister, my family, but she's the smartest person I've ever met in my entire life. She is the kindest person. She's got so much business savvy. She's so, it's like, she's like intellectually strong. I mean, I've just, she's like perfect. I don't even think she's human. I think she's like from another <laughs> world. Um, she's just like this like creature that I've always admired and respected. And she just always, she loved me because when I met Lexi, I saw that fun person that I had a ball with. I didn't see the success of her. Right. You know, she would always offer me, come on, I'll take you here or there. I'll pay. I said, no. I said, I just want to stay in Baltimore. I don't yeah. need any of this stuff. <laughs> but that's why she loved me. She loved me because, I mean, she could love anybody because everybody, like, flocks to the sun, right? Right. And she loved me because she knew that I didn't care she was Lexi Sindel. Right. I saw her for her, and that's why I'm her best friend to this day and why we have such a strong relationship is because she can see bullshit. Right. She can see bullshit a mile away. She's the type of person that you can be around somebody that you have no clues bullshit, and she'll be like, that's bullshit. And she will protect you and shield you, and she just chose me, you know, because I guess I'm just this whatever it is I am. She's like, there's, there's a piece of clay and I can mold it and shape it and send it on its way. It's really interesting because I do remember um, there was something that you guys had posted a long time ago. Some some dude had gotten, it, it had said something about you guys. About, I forgot what it was. Somebody was basically, some guy was basically being um, kind of a douche towards you guys. And I remember this, you were talking earlier about how everybody kind of rallies around each other. It was like, I just saw all these people kind of swarm in and kind of support you guys for what you were doing. I think it was something about um, dominating men and uh, yeah, emasculate, emasculating guys or something like that. Which you know, that's there's a there's a there's an interesting thing with that scene because there's 
a lot of misconceptions. Oh gosh, yes. Uh, in there, and I think it's uh, there's the fantasy aspect of it, there's the taboo aspect of it, but I think a lot of people feel that it's like damaging in some way, and that's why people get into it for really sadistic reasons, which is, uh, t- from what I understand, not the case at all. If you want to talk about that. Yeah, I find that um, when I was in the professional domination industry is that people just wanted to connect. People just wanted to uh, have friendships with people, other people that could talk about odd things that they enjoyed. And odd things might be anything from as simple as just rubbing someone's feet. I mean, you don't necessarily meet somebody on the street and say... Hey, you know, I just want to rub your feet. I mean, it's just a simple joy. You may get arrested for that. Yeah, you. it's just a simple joy that somebody wants to share. Or they might be attracted to the visualization of, like, a woman in latex with red lips. Right. And they might just want to sit with that woman and speak with them and just look up to somebody that looks stunning in that kind of, like, costume in a way right and i find that there's a lot of misconceptions because i think the biggest misconception about bdsm is that it's sexual i think that it's more mental than sexual if you take it from the professional realm into the house realm with your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your lovers it's different because you already have a sexual relationship with that person so bdsm is the evolution in your relationship But to some people, it's very asexual, believe Mm. it or not, to where you just want to experience a sensation like, um, if, for instance, I can dual wield whips. I am so amazing at whips. It was my talent and I liked it. And I can crack on somebody because you you can't hit somebody like near the kidneys. And of course, you don't want to hit their eyeballs out. That's probably a good idea. So you have to have marksmanship. That is a, Mm. like, I, I challenge any of these listeners today to get a whip. And to be able to just pop a balloon with it, chances are you're not going to be able to do it. So if you can do it and somebody wants to feel the crack of that whip on their back just for a sensation because they like it, that's a very niche thing. Mm -hmm. So back to, you know, just BDSM, it's not necessarily sexual. Sometimes it's just, it's just stimulation in any way, shape or form, physical stimulation, mental stimulation. That's, I think it's the biggest misconception. Yeah. And yeah. there's there's a lot of that that goes around. And some people probably would... They, they, they may look at that as being something off with you. And as we can tell from this conversation, there's nothing off with you. You're, you're a unique person onto yourself. And do you find that that is kind of... Because you were mentioning before that you have some issues in the hair industry kind of finding your niche that you fit into. Yeah. Um, do you think it, 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 is there something there kind of akin to that, which you were getting when you were in a BDSM? Um, am I saying that correctly? BSDM? BDSM. Yeah, you call it whatever. Call it whipping people and shit. The, <laughs> it's fine. The, 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 the having kinky fun thing or whatever it was. Uh, when The way people looked at you in that way, do you think that that's some of the issues that you might have in the hair industry? Not because of that, but just some people looking at you askance because of you're different. And this is not what, this is not what you're supposed to do with uh, the hair industry. You're supposed to be like us and wear tints and pearls and, what do you say, rhinestones on the rhinestone necklaces and stuff? you have the affliction hairstylist, right? You know, they have, like, 1980s hair and, you know, they probably wear, like, L.A. gear still, but that might be a thing with, like, like the urban outfitters. I don't know. Maybe L.A. gear's coming back. I don't know. 
But I think that um, I think that in the hair industry, it's really odd because they say that you have this great freedom to be creative and to be yourself. But it's not necessarily true. You've got to play within guidelines, mm. which visually, I guess I kind of fit in. You know, I got Nike Airs. I've got hipster glasses. I've got a cool red haircut. And I have tattoos, right? Mm. I can't really fuck that up when you have that image going. Well, it's true. Yeah. Yes. I mean, sometimes you can, but it's a little hard. I just feel like they... Um, there's a lot of, and God, everybody's going to hate me for this, but whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I feel like with women, there's a lot of emotions that go on that men don't have. And they're up and down sometimes during with hormonal fluctuations. God, everybody's going to fucking hate me, but it is what it is, dude. It is what it is. Men, are, men and women are fucking different. We're getting, we're getting into Jordan. Everybody's Pe- going to hate me. Okay? We're getting into Jordan Peterson role now. So we're going to be, we're going to have that, we're going to have that issue going on. Everybody's going to be like, fuck that slime, boycott her. <laughs> but it's like, no, we're kind of, we're kind of chemically different. I mean, everybody is, but I find that here, I'm going to simplify mm. selling to women and being around women are way—it's way different than being with men. And no. with women and female hairstylists, I find that a lot of times women are more vocal about their insecurities. And what they do about it is that they're fucking nasty. They're mean to you. They're cold. They're basically like a dude is gonna punch you in the fucking face. Like mm-hmm. if you had beef with Bob and Bill, mm-hmm. and you piss Bob off, he's gonna be like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna punch you, and I'm gonna tell you you're an asshole to your face." A woman, on the other hand, will. Walk in the room with her friends and get all her friends, and she'll sit and she'll stare at you, and she'll look like she's having the fucking time of her life. She'll take her selfies with her friends, and she'll let your ass fucking rot in the corner. Right. You can be the most talented motherfucker in the room, and she'll know that. And she's like, you know what? You're a fucking asshole. I don't like your face. Whatever. You're too happy for me. So I'm gonna take me and my bitches because my bitches love me, <laughs> and we're gonna leave you the fuck alone. So you're not gonna have friends. And we're just going to make you feel like an asshole. That's the difference between being in a woman's society. Like, I'd rather be punched in my face. Yes. If you think I have an asshole face, I've got a terrible mouth, fucking punch me. Because then I know where I stand with right. you. You don't like me, I've got a black eye. It's a mean girl kind of thing. It is a mean yeah. girl. And, and that's like what hair industry is. It's a bunch of mean girls and the nice ones are just trying to sell me a hair video. And guess what? I'm so fucking desperate for hair friends. I'll buy your $200 hair video. $200? <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, like, they're really expensive. I'll buy your fucking video. Just be my friend. Hmm. I'll buy friends. You know, people bought me as a friend <laughs> once before. I have no problem with returning the favor. Well, it's interesting. That you, well, I guess so I'm assuming most of the hair industry is, as I know nothing about it, is, is female-led. Is that safe to say? Or is it more of a... I mean, they're more vocal, I guess. It's... There's there's everything in the hair industry, mm-hmm. but I just you know and like I said the people that like I don't I don't even know because I've been I, look my salon got nominated best of Baltimore. Oh, congratulations! I'm in Harford County, which is great, and I've been open a little over a year, right? And the funniest thing is, is I just started fucking doing hair again like two years ago from taking that time off. So I really don't fucking know. Right. I mean, I might be telling all this shit. It might not even be happening. People, other hairstylists might listen and be like, she's a fucking asshole idiot. And I'm like, you know what? I might be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to find my place again. And in the meantime, I just build shit, make shit. My clients like me. I mean, I'm getting fucking... Look, they can't yeah, see yeah, the money. Yeah. I'm getting paid. Get paid. <laughs> My clients <laughs> like me, so I guess in the end, I'm not really trying to sell to other stylists. I'm trying to have people like my work and come to me. Because you know I'm, I'm a dick. Like, if you're an asshole and I don't like you, I'm not going to do your hair. There's no right. amount of money that I will bow before your throne mm. if I don't fucking get on with you. There's a thousand other stylists. I can tell you who's really good. 
that I think. Yeah. Go to them. Yeah. Because you're going to get me, and you might not necessarily get along with me. This is true. So it's more of a direct-to-consumer instead of trying to be a, hey, all all things to all people kind of thing. If you market to everyone, you market to nobody. This is true. You market to no one. Or to morons. Yeah, so I just kind of like, I just put my work out there, and if you like it, and you like my honest and raw approach, I can't talk. Do I have a ball gag in my mouth? Like, I can't do it. <laughs> it's like, if you like my honesty and my raw approach to art, then we're going to get on well. You'll get the occasional kind of funny, you know, joke or... I, I don't even know if I tell jokes. I think that I just feel, like, awkward in front of people and I just talk a lot and I say weird shit because I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I hope that you like what I do. And then I'll frantically go home and obsess... Like, <laughs> right. I was like, I know her hair looked great, but did she like me? Because I'm kind of weird. And, like, I don't know if I should be weird. Maybe I need to take a photo with Live, Laugh, Love and a cup of coffee and just shut the fuck up. And then I try to come to the salon to meet new people. I try to shut the fuck up, and it doesn't happen. And I just say something even ten times weirder. So, like, it is what it is, man. It is, it is what it is. And that's part of the charm of coming to your salon is you. Because this is all very much you. This is very – this all feels very Donna. From what I remember of Donna, um, it's funny you mentioned that photo before too, because I think the photo I remember of you when you were younger was the. It was I think you were sitting on a toilet with a banana or something, and I, yeah. think, <laughs> I remember that one. I was like, and then years later, I was like, oh, that all makes sense now. I see that the 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 dots connect. The dots connect. Yeah, man. I I remember doing a photo shoot for a skateboard company when I was young, and they. They said, well, would you put a banana in your mouth and a bunch of, like, weird little wiener um, baby <laughs> hot dogs? You know those, like, little baby, like, hot dogs are real gross. They right. get them to... And I was like, yeah, put me in that shit, whatever. And then I shoved, like, nine of those baby hot dogs in my mouth. I forget wow. the skateboard company. And because I just thought it was silly and funny. I mean, right. some people could think it's sexual. But to me, I was like, look, I make up one, a bunch of wiener Wieners. hot dogs yeah. and a bunch of wieners in my mouth. I think the world needs a bunch more wieners in their mouth because shit's getting really fucking, like, commercial and boring. I'm fucking bored. I think that's what it is. I'm bored now in the in the vanilla world. But there's craziness all over the place, though, in the vanilla world. I mean, even, like you said before, you know, mentioning the differences between men and women. That, that you know, <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna you know that may trigger. Uh, God, that's even a term yeah. You now. can't even fight, you can't even say it. Like I'm triggered. I'm in my safe space. Shut the fuck up. I'm here, right? But I think that's what it all goes back to. Is that my my best friend Lexi once said to me, "Once you take the fucking pill and go down that rabbit hole, mm-hmm. you don't recover and come back." And that's what happens sometimes late at night when I'm just like. I want some hair friends, you know, and I'm like all moping to my husband, like, should I make a live, laugh, love photo? I don't fucking know. And he like looks at me like I'm crazy. He's like, no. Like, I start posting like old Dom photos because like, yeah, man, remember when I like shoved my foot in that guy's mouth and like drug him around? <laughs> like, a lot of people won't ever get the experience, the joy of being really fucking weird mm-hmm. and just... I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. Just like, you're my doctor now. Explain well, this shit to me. I don't. I don't get it. Well, it, it, I mean, if you find happiness in the, again, this is called the wonderfully weird. It's wonderful to be weird. It's wonderful to be authentically weird. I should say, because you can be secure in your own. I mean, even though the outside world has its issues, but you yourself know who you are and you're you can be comfortable in your skin you may be uncomfortable with how other people perceive that yeah i guess i guess that's what it is yeah that's that's but that's for my thing that's somebody else's hang up an issue 
And I always know, as you found out in the DOM industry, there are other people who drive with your stuff. I think that the thing is to find other people to drive with your things, but not insulate yourself in there. Um, and that's one of the things I want to do moving forward in the hair community is that, you know, I've tried to reach out to other stylists. I'm like, let's have a good night where we just all go to a restaurant and hang out, just talk about art. And they're like, oh, we're too busy. And it's like, I feel like I was trying to go on a date. Like, you know, you're like, um. <laughs> like trying to be with somebody like, hey, you want to go out to eat again? They're like, oh, busy fucking schedule. Oh, I text you. I don't have my phone because everybody has their phone, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do it again. And I'm going to say fuck it because I really don't care. If I'm the only one at my dinner party with like maybe two other people, those two other people might want to like chill. I just, I feel like in the hair community, I want to open it up so... You know, people can come and realize that, like, hey, there's a girl out there that owns a salon. Yeah, she might have done weird shit in her past, but she wants to hang out and help, like, help teach, help, you know, like, cultivate, like, this whole kind of gathering of people that might like doing hair. And then maybe five other people might want to come. And at least there'll be a, let's use the term of the year. I'll have a safe space for people that just want to like expose themselves or vulnerabilities. Like, Hey, I'm really good at this. I'm really bad at this. How can we help each other? You know, because I find in hair, there's really, there's technically no competition if you think about it because clients really come to you because they like the person, Right. you know? Um, yeah, you have to have the talent, but talent can be taught if you repeat and do repetitious motion. Right. Um, you might have ingrained talent. It might be easier for some. But if you practice, you know, the person that's practicing might end up getting it. You know what I mean? Versus the artist. The artist might get lazy and kind of fall off the face of the earth type shit. But I just want to create a zone for people to come to that they can feel like, man, that person's not judging me. Because I don't. Right. I just want to have friends and be cool and just chill. You think it's perhaps more of a thing about finding more artistic people? So it kind of... Because I don't know how many what we would consider the traditional artistic people hanging out in Mount Vernon or whatever it is. But Mount yeah. Vernon, for those of you who are not in Maryland, is kind of an artsy uh, college district. Um, yeah. Micah, Maryland Institute for whatever. Anyway, so is there some kind of maybe a avenue there where some of those people might not think of hair as a creative artistic expression and maybe some of those are the people that maybe uh, you could look at to because they probably, they may have more in common with you being artist from the artistic perspective of hairstyling as opposed to the people who are already in the field and have already set ideas about how you should be and this is the way we conduct ourselves and I don't want to do your weird little hair dinner thing I want to do we, we don't do it that way so maybe it's more breaking out to other people who might not think of hair in that way but maybe you can open it up to them and go hey you know this is yeah. Creative art, too. There's te- definitely a technical aspect to it, and there's definitely an artistic aspect to it. And I think that, you know, I combine both. I know the technical side, I know the artistic side. I think it's just going to take me... I mean, I did something for 10 years that I really, really, really fell in love with. And I really love my clients. I really love doing hair. I really love owning a salon. And I guess maybe, like, through this, I might find that I'll never have a bunch of hairstylist friends. I'll mm. just look at their cool Instagram photos <laughs> and, like, think, like, man, I, this wasn't my time. You can't, like, you can't be good at everything, meaning, like, I might just not be good at, like, being in a community with these people. Maybe I'll just be a, I'll just buy a fucking boat, man, and I'll just be a boater. A boater. You know, yeah, maybe, yeah. like, I started. Very hot. Yeah, exactly. Or I'll just say, fuck it. Like, I guess I don't need hair friends. I'm just going to, like, do my own thing. And people that want to learn, they come in and that's it. Mm. 
It's just it's just weird, man. Everything's weird, but this is wonderfully weird podcast. But that is right? wonderfully weird. <laughs> But you know, I, I would I would encourage you to kind of forge your keep going the way you're going and forge your way because eventually, like I said, the thing with leadership and you mentioned this before, I wanted to talk about it is uh, people who say it usually aren't it. Yeah. And the people who you find who just they just do are the ones who usually are the leaders. So and eventually that attracts other people because if you're not wagging your finger and going, hey, you should listen to me and do this and for 49.99 you can get my uh exclusive video on how to be you know. No, that doesn't really that to me that doesn't speak of somebody who's somebody I want to listen to. It speaks to me as somebody who's trying to sell me something whereas a person who is kind of just doing their own thing and they're off on their own path. I'm like, oh, well maybe there's an avenue I should follow and then other people do kind of look at that and then they find their own weirdness yeah, out of that. So true. I'm hoping that's the avenue that, that presents itself for you over the next couple of years as you continue to do this because that would be kind of cool and I, I think that's probably how things go. The more people know about what you're doing and the kind of the journey that you've gone on to get there it may inspire other people to go I can, you know, she could do that and then do this and then do this and so she's got a family and she does this and I do oh, a lot I'm, of shit man. Yeah. I do a lot, a lot of shit, and I don't even realize half the stuff I do. It's just kind of ingrained, but I think that's what, that's what I'll be, like, moving forward. I can't change. I can't fit in. I just, you know, even though I desperately want to, I'm just going to do what I do, and whatever happens, happens, and that's how I live my life, and it's just been very flexible, and um, I'm just going to continue to make people happy and beautiful because I, I understand. I understand how to make people sexy without them like making them uncomfortable and like having them tell me because mm-hmm. like people like looking their best and I understand what looks attractive because I manipulated video I manipulated photography to make people look their best so I can understand angles and beauty you know and I'm just going to keep creating with hair and I'm just going to throw shit to the wall if it sticks it sticks if it doesn't it doesn't what's the worst thing that happens I fail and if I fail that's cool too because I'll find something else that I'm better at it is what it is man exactly and you never no one ever succeeds without failing because everyone who's succeeded has failed many many times that's a good place to stop at so uh, thank you so much for coming for allowing me to come out here and Enjoying your beautiful salon here and, and seeing your customers uh, kind of snicker and giggle as, as we've been talking Jesus, here. God. Yeah, and <laughs> men and women are equal. Men and women are equal. I didn't say anything weird. Yes, but men and women are equal. We're not the same. We're equal. There's a difference between the two. Okay, good. Thank you. I need like a... I need <laughs> save, I'm going to save you from that one. <laughs> yeah, save me from that one because people are going to be like... Oh my god! Oh my god! But yeah, thank you. Thanks for letting me come out, and uh, thanks for chatting. Uh, and the future as I continue with this <laughs> this wonderful experiment of uh, the wonderfully weird. Wherever you are in a couple, who knows? You might be doing something else in a couple of years. You might be hang gliding, or who knows what Donna will be doing. But yeah, right. We'll be able to catch up with you then. Thanks very much. Thanks, man. You're cool. Cool. See ya. Thanks. <laughs>